And welcome to another night of the Field of 12 After Dark. I'm Trevor Knight, along with two very special gentlemen tonight. You guys know him, Clint Dirty Sterner. Clint, good to have you on tonight. And my man, first ever time on the show, two-time national champion, spent a long time in the NFL, has more accolades than anybody in this organization, Mr. Bo Scarborough. Bo, how you guys doing? Doing good, man. You know, it's uh, it's an honor to be here tonight, and um, thank you for having me on your show. No doubt. Hey, I, hey, Trevor, I'd be doing a lot better if my trophy case looked like Bo's shit. I tell you that much. <laughs> I, I tell you that damn much. Before the show, we were talking about my background. I got a little little trophy up here. It means nothing. All that kind of stuff. Bo takes us out, and he's showing us national championship rings, national championship trophies. I mean, this guy has has really been there and done it all. So. Guys, super, super excited to dive in tonight. We're going to cover a lot on this week one preview. Gents, college football is back in full swing. We got some great games going on currently and some exciting ones up ahead uh, this Saturday. Some of the ones that we're going to touch on tonight, um, obviously some big ones, Oregon, Georgia, Notre Dame, Ohio State. Uh, there's, there's a couple big games, a, a big one, Utah traveling on the road to Florida. We're going to dive all, all in right now on the field of 12 after dark, brought to you by Bet Rivers. But first, like we do on every show, it is time for our toast of the night. Clint, we will start with you. Let's talk about something that's happening today. There's a lot of good games going on, big plays being made, coaches that are out there for the first time or uh, have been out there for a long time. Clint, who's your toast of the night? Well, Trevor, here's the deal. I pride myself on being coachable, brother. I really do. And I, and I heard everything you said. But here, here's, here's what I got to do. I, I heard through the grapevine that Taco Bueno was bringing the brisket back, my brother. So here's the Taco Bueno and that little bird, Trevor, not to tell me that, baby. Let's go. It's Bueno time, baby. Come on. Oh, there I, you pre- go. I appreciate the shout out. Um, yeah. Man, that's really sweet of you to do. I appreciate that. Yeah. Bo, who's your toast of the night? Uh, my toast of the night, you know, like I just said before, it's an honor to be here. And um, I'm thankful for you guys to choose me. And, um, you know, I want to give a toast to you guys for, you know, bringing me on the show and uh, being a part of uh, something that you guys have special going on. I love it. That Man, that's super heartfelt, Bo. I'm just going to tell you right now, we'll build you up. And, we, and I guess Rob and Jeff and everybody else has built you up. But Clint, I know for sure, is about to tear you right down because we get crazy on this show. We hey, that's argue. what I like. That's what I like. That's no what I like. Here's, here's you know? the red solo cups, baby. <laughs> no here's doubt. the first no red doubt. solo cup on the show. Come on. For, before I get into my toast of the night, for those of y'all that are listening, uh, for the first time, welcome in. Grab something to drink. Keep the game on in the background. Relax. We're going to talk through all sorts of fun college football stuff on a weekly and nightly basis. For those of you that have been rolling with us for a while, you know the drill. Grab your drink, sip on something, and and, and roll with us. My toast of the night, guys. I'm looking at my phone because the game is still going on. Oklahoma State right now is beating uh, Central Michigan 58-28. to A little rough on the defensive side. But I am going to send my toast to one young man that I have ragged on for a couple of years now, a man that's been pinned as inconsistent, not going to get it done, get him off the field. 
and he's just continued to answer the bell and answer the bell. Spencer Sanders is having a night. He's got four TDs through the air right now, halfway through the fourth quarter, 406 yards, and he's got another 57 yards on the ground and another two touchdowns. My man's got six touchdowns accounted for, and we're not even halfway through the fourth quarter. Spencer Sanders, are you in the Heisman race already? I don't think so. We'll find out, but a heck of a first night. Cheers, Mr. Spencer Sanders. Hey, Trev, this, this would be a good time for me to go ahead and uh, and I got receipts. I, I think I tweeted this before the damn game started. I got Oklahoma State winning the Big 12 this year, Bob. I, I, I don't know how that I don't know how that touches your your OU blood that you got running through there, but I got I got uh, Oklahoma State winning the Big 12. And hey, here's the other thing. It's about damn time that Gundy cut that damn mullet. I mean, what are we doing? I mean, that, I mean, he's a grown ass man. I mean, one, a great college football head coach, and he's got a damn mullet out there. I, I know that's cool for these young cats nowadays to do, but I, I, I'm about time he cut that damn mullet. Hey, he cuts the mullet, Clint, but he goes right into showing off his one handed push ups and the <laughs> philosophy behind it. Hey, the guys, the guy may be a little strange, but he's done a lot for that program. He's been in Stillwater forever. And uh, they're playing pretty good tonight. Uh, definitely a dark horse to watch. But, boys, let's dive into some of the games that are upcoming this weekend. If we've got time, we are going to do some reaction to these games going on right now. But some big ones ahead. Let's start. Number 11, Oregon, facing the defending national champions. Number three, Georgia Bulldogs. Guys, we got to pull this one apart. And I want to start here. Dan Lanning, Bo, I'll start with you. Dan Lanning was a guy that was on staff when you were at Alabama, okay? You know this guy. He goes and he follows his mentor and Kirby Smart. Now, boom, he gets a head coaching job at Oregon. And week one, his first game as a head coach, he's got a chance to go knock off the defending national champions and his mentor in Kirby Smart. Give us a little insight into the type of coach that – Dan Lanning is and why he's been successful to land at a spot like Oregon? Um, I would say, first, I would say that he had the mindset of Kirby Smart and um, 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 Nick Saban. And there is a, a straight line mindset. And I think that uh, he knows what he's doing. Um, he, I think that he knows what the team needs. And, um, and that's to find their identity first. And uh them guys are kind of the same. Uh, he, he's going to be one of those coaches that going to be hard. He's going to run the fourth quarter program. You know, he's going to do everything that uh, he done on that national championship team, the way how he built his defense. So I feel that uh, he has some type of insight that he learned on the curb to run uh, uh, a whole team by himself. And plus that on the other experience that he had at Memphis, you know, he kind of bounced around year, year or two. And uh, he's one of the great, one um, the greatest intern uh, GAs that I've been around. As far as like, I almost thought that he was actually a real coach. Like, really had that position, the way how he carried himself when he was at Alabama. So I think that he's gonna do a great job at Oregon. And um, but playing against Georgia, he has a little insight with Kirby Smart. So you know, he gonna probably kind of figure out their uh, scheme at the beginning of the game and have the guy mindset of what are, uh, what the guys are going to be and and what are the um, team is looking for moving forward. Agreed 100%. He's cut from a different cloth. Clint, I'm going to go to you on this one. What's the mentality for a, a, a Dan Lanning, right, in this situation? But any coach 
you leave a head coach. A couple months ago, you were both hoisting a trophy, hugging each other in the locker room. Is he pissed off for greatness? Um, is he excited but a little nervous? I mean, what, what is going through Dan Lanning's mind, you know, with, with a, a transfer quarterback and Bo Nix and everything else that he's got at his disposal? Yeah, Trev, I, I tell you, he better enjoy the moment because there's going to come a time when, when the Oregon game, when you're playing a top five program, top 10 program, hell, or a top 25 program for that matter, it, it's going to affect your job status at some point. Maybe not get you fired, maybe not put you on the hot seat, but it's, it's definitely going to be your program heading in the wrong direction if you're not winning those games at Oregon. The expectations are going to be to compete at the highest level and, and win more of these games than you lose. And, and bottom line is it's the first year there at, at, at Oregon. Uh, he's going to the defending national champ, as you guys laid out beautifully, and there's really not a whole hell of a lot of expectations for, for the Oregon Ducks, if we're being honest. Let's be – look, the, 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 the 11 ranking is a little bit aggressive. For Oregon, um, this is the first rattle out of the box. Everybody in America knows what Georgia is, knows who Georgia is, even though they lost some guys. I think he better enjoy the hell out of this game right here because he's not going to play in many more big-time matchups on primetime TV where the expectations are to just hang around and be in the game in the fourth quarter. And if you don't win it, hey, it's a good start to a career. Just show up and, and put a good product on the field. Sooner rather than later, Trevor, that ain't going to be that ain't going to be enough. Right now, today, I think if I think if his own administration was completely honest with everybody, they don't expect him to go in there and beat Georgia. Um, and so I think I think he better enjoy that. Uh, he's got to figure out his quarterback situation. Um, you know, he's got to figure out how to how to build that culture, how to build that their identity. They, they've had a lot of turnover at the, at the head coach position up there over the last few years. Um, so, so I, I, I think overall, man, he he just better enjoy this one right here. It, it's a, it's a hell of a hell of a football game, but I don't know if he's got the horses to keep up with them Bulldogs now. I think that's great, great analysis there. I think that he is licking his chops because he's cut from a different cloth, Bo, like like you said. But somewhere in the back of his mind, you know, he's laying in bed at night, going, "Are you serious? I got to go up against my old team. I got to go up against the defending national champions." I don't get a week one or even a week two to get my feet wet as a head coach. This is ridiculous. But licking his chops, nonetheless, it's going to hey, be an awesome game. Real. Let's talk a little bit about – go ahead, Clint. I mean, real quick, like, I mean, to, to your point, I mean, dude can go down there and, and tell his team, hey, man, y'all let it hang out. I mean, let them hang, man. Show, show me what you got. Show me, show me what kind of chest you got. Show me – Show me, show me what kind of plays you can make. And hey, if 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 we end up, you know, if you don't, if, if you turn the football over, or, or we don't end up winning this ball game, we're we're gonna be okay. Go out there, play play with your hair on fire, and let it all hang out. Yeah, and I think they that they have to play play the next play, and don't worry about the mistake that they made before. Just play the next play. Do your and everybody have to have the mindset of doing their job and not yeah. trying to do theirs and someone else's. That's a that's a great point. So let's let's transition here real quick. Georgia is replacing a, a big chunk of their defense. Five guys off that defense went in the first round of this past year's NFL draft. Eight of them got drafted. Sure, they've got a couple guys coming back that are great nucleus to that defense, but are they ready for the challenge? Can, can they reload? Clint, I'll start with you. Is that defense a team that only allowed 8.8 .8 
points per game that led them to the national championship, are they going to be able to replace that? Are they going to have to rely on their offense to score a lot more points this year? Well, look, I don't think, I don't think Kirby smart and the Georgia Bulldogs have, have earned the right to be a program that's considered a reload program. There's one of those in the country. Bo played for the, for for the old old fella. It's, it's, it's Nick Saban in Alabama. They reload. I, I don't know that Georgia can do that yet. I don't know that Kirby can do that at Georgia. But you, you brought up a great point. They lost eight guys, five in the first round, two in the third round off of that defense. And by the way, the one in the third round, one of the two in the third round was their leader of their defense, N'Kobe Dean, one of the best linebackers we've seen at the college level in a long time. The, it, let's not act like this is just eight dudes that were really, really good football players. I mean, I'm talking about they lost Albert Hainsworth and Ray Lewis. You don't replace those kind of guys. I mean, they, Jordan Davis is a dude that I don't give a damn what anybody thinks about him. I don't care who he's playing. I don't care what he does in the league from here on out. When he puts his hand in the dirt, over the either guard or the center, he changes the way you protect the quarterback. He changes the way you got to run the football. He's an absolute game wrecker. He's not just a first-rounder. He's an absolute game changer. Nicobe Dean is not a third-round linebacker. He is a leader, an absolute game changer, held guys accountable. So that's a different level reload. Kirby ain't ready for that. And, and the thing, Trevor, the other thing you said right there that, that's important, are they going to have to rely on their offense to do more? Saban could do that. That's why Saban spread that thing out and started throwing it all over the park because he needed to score more points. Last time I checked, who is Stetson Bennett? That's a question. First 11 games of the year. Bo, do this for me right here, Bo. First 11 games of the year for Georgia last year. They won every one of them. Give me, how many balls do you think Stetson Bennett, their starting quarterback, on average, how many balls do you think he was completing per game through the first 11 games? It wasn't many. Well, damn, Bo, you got to give me a number, Chief. That was honest. That was honest. <laughs> no, no, you know, I'm gonna be, I, it, it, like, I, I can't particularly give you a number. I, I remember it not being a lot um, because the defense can't put them in a um, situation where they can score very easily. You're getting the ball on the 30-yard line. You're getting the ball on the 33 to 42-yard line. And, you know, that's very easy to score off of. Bo, but, it, it was less than 11, bro. It was less than 11. And, and they were 11 and 0. Exactly. I mean, that, that, that's, I mean, that's one of those deals where is that the Stetson Bennett in the offense that, that, that Kirby Smart's working with? Or is it the dude that we see, we saw play really, really good ball against Alabama in the SEC championship, Michigan in the college football playoff, and then ultimately Alabama in the championship? Can and that I'm offense over this, this is a story about Georgia right here. Can Stetson Bennett and that offense overcome Kirby Smart's defense losing eight dudes, five first rounders, and two third rounders, and two dudes that were absolute game changers that you're not replacing? That's I'm, the question about Georgia. I'm gonna say this: um, Stetson Bennett, he's gonna he's gonna come out on fire, all because of he coming off of the national championship. He is uh, very confident in himself. He's very familiar with the playbook. He knows where his guys are at at time. You know, he's a shorter quarterback, and uh, he putting the ball where it's supposed to be. Now, with the big chunk of defense that Kirby had lost, uh, I, I, 
I can see Kirby having these guys so disciplined that they're not the better athlete at, that they had the year before, but there are smart guys and being in the place where they're supposed to be at the right time and getting the job done. I don't think that it would be a big spectacular defense as they had last year, but I also think it'll still be a similar to that defense where guys been in, being in the position where they're supposed to be and not making very many mistakes. So let me ask you guys this. Um, we talked a little bit about Stetson Bennett, obviously holes in the defense, but Georgia is still a 17-point favorite in this ball game. So to yeah. wrap up this game, I want you guys to do two, two things. I want you to pick the winner in the game, all right, straight up, who's going to win the football game and why. And then secondly, through our, our partner over at Bet River Sportsbook, 17 points, are you taking – that bet one way or the other and why okay so clint i'll start with you again who you taking in the game and then who you taking versus the spread I, i'm taking georgia in the game and i'm taking georgia it, 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 with, the, with the spread have they announced has, has oregon announced that they're starting bo nix I, I i don't know if that's come out yet but i think he is i think he's presumably the guy if it hasn't been announced already hey look here oh, oh bo hustle Oh, Bo Nix. I mean, hustle. That ain't gonna get it, boss. That ain't that ain't gonna get it against this defense right here. I I, I just I, I'm not a believer in in Bo Nix in a spread offense in that power spread. I think is what they're going they're, some some form of the power spread. I, I'm not a believer in that. I'm going Georgia, and and I'll take uh, I'll take Georgia with the spread as well. Wow, that's a lot of points, Bo. Who who you got in the game, and who you got against a 17 point spread? Georgia being the favorite. I got Georgia winning the game because of the physicality that Kirby Smart brings to the uh, team. And Dan haven't had much time with the team to bring that, to identify that. I think they're going to get to that part, you know, kind of in mid-season, mid end of the season, figuring out what Dan actually asking for. Uh, and another thing, uh, I don't think that Oregon can play all four quarter with uh, Georgia, um, all because of the way how Kirby Smart do things and the way how he have his team very physical, everybody in, in shape. And and I also think uh, I'm going to come back off of what Trevor said, that they defense. Um, I don't think that uh, Oregon can stand a chance with their defense. And, uh, yeah, that, that's what I'm going to go with. And I'm going to take the 17 spread, and, you know, all because of, you know, Kirby and part of, you know, being a having his confidence all coming off in the national championship. And, you know, he has the chip on his shoulder that, you know, everyone's saying that he can't get the job done. So that's what I'm going to go with. I love it. I, I'm going to I'm gonna join you guys. I'm taking Georgia in the game, obviously. And the reason that I'm taking Georgia as the 17-point favorite, yeah, I think Dan Lanning's going to have his guys ready to play. He's obviously going to be fired up. But even with all that bulletin board material, even with uh, the, the history that he has with Kirby Smart, I'm not a believer in the Pac-12 this year. I don't think the Pac-12 is good at all. Clint, you said it. Oregon at 11, I think, is disrespectful to a lot of other teams behind them. Sure, they got the, you know, the cool uniforms and everything else, but this is not Marcus Mariota. This is not Chip Kelly. This is Dan Lanning, first-year head coach. And they got an uphill climb. And it starts week one, and Georgia's going to come and kick them in the mouth. It's a neutral site game, but it's right there in Atlanta. Georgia's going to pack the house and absolutely pound them into the pavement, in my opinion. 
So with that being said, guys, we're going to move on to the next big game here. But I just wanted to say, for those of you that are rolling with us and aren't watching these games out there, we got some good games rolling right now. Central Michigan's kind of pulling back on Oklahoma State's 58-36. It's a 24-31 game in the fourth quarter with West Virginia and Pitt. So hang with us. We may cut over to live TV here in a little bit. But with that being said, let's move on to the next big matchup of this weekend, boys. Number seven, Utah, goes on the road across the country to the swamp in week one. You've got Kyle Whittingham, been at Utah forever, most winning coach in the Utah program, going up against first-year head coach in Billy Napier. Billy Napier obviously comes from the Nick Saban system. They've got a lot of high hopes for that program. Been sputtering on and off, and I really can't even say on the last couple years down in the swamp. Unranked Florida, number seven, Utah. Overall thoughts, Bo, on this game. What are you thinking, man? Uh, I'm thinking that um, Florida's going to win. All because of Anthony Richardson, and they're in the swamp. And I think that um, Billy Napier has – put through their head that um, this is a game where they have to prove themselves all because of uh, they have Utah at number seven. And I think that they think that they're slapping their face that Utah is a better team than they are. And um, and I also think that they kind of have their offense together and um, coming off of Billy Napier, uh, he has this, like like you said, coming from the coach saving tree, and he also had an, an experience of being uh, a head coach um, before, and now that he's at a bigger school, and I think that he actually knows what he's doing, and um, and he knows that he have to prove himself, and the whole team have like have to find their identity. So I'm very confident in Florida winning this game. Um, and I also don't think that Utah can stop the Florida offense. I don't think they have enough gas for. Interesting. I mean, I, I don't I don't mind the pick there, but Florida's unranked. I mean, that's that just shows that that preseason rankings may or may not mean anything because they're not giving them a whole lot of credit and they're putting right. Utah in the top 10, right? right. And you're you were pretty confident in that pick. Clint, where's your head at, man? Like is this the big? Is this the the Pac-12 and and the SEC battle? I mean, what what are the politics surrounding this? Well, I mean, look, there there's a lot at stake here. I mean, considering with all the conference realignment that's going on, the the Pac-12, uh, the schools that 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 want to at least get first dibs on the Big Ten or the SEC or whoever the hell goes after Utah and Oregon next, um, you know, they they got they want to play well, I, I would imagine. Um, and look, I, I think to me, this is not a Utah's a good football team. Um, they got a lot of good going on up there. They're gonna be they're gonna be tough to beat for a lot of schools in the country. Hell, they may even be a top fifteen football team. I don't like them at, at what, what are they? I don't like them at seven. I don't I don't like them. Is that where they're at? Is that what we said? They're at seven. Yeah, I, I don't I don't like them at seven. But but look, here's here's the deal: is I, I look at my alma mater, Arkansas. I, I look at it. It's very to me. It's very similar to Utah. Like, if you're going to have a chance to be a good football team, you better have great culture. You better have great leadership in every position room. You better have upperclassmen playing. You better have a a play caller on both sides of the football that's a weapon, right? And even when you got all that shit, Trevor and Bo, even when you got that shit and you think you can play ball, sometimes you just come up against a squad 
in a place that you just ain't got a chance in hell. Right. We took our ass down to Florida at night one night in Gainesville in the swamp. Tell you what, I was the last quarterback to throw a touchdown in the uniform that night. Florida, every quarterback they had threw a touchdown before I did. They set a sack. They set a SEC sack record at the time. I got and, and, and I was at the ass end of that that uh, record. By the way, um, that's a tough place to play at night, man. And, and I don't, here's the thing: I don't care. I don't care what's gone on at Florida the last two years. Even though two years ago they were in the SEC championship with some studs. Now, um, I, 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 it doesn't matter to me what their record was last year. It doesn't matter to me what people think about Florida. I know this. I know Florida is a top 10 program year in, year out by the horses they got in that damn locker room, period, period. There's no doubt. I don't care who it is. That locker room is full of dudes that are absolute difference makers, absolute monsters. And so it's early enough in Billy Napier's tenure there that I think he's with, he, he hadn't had a chance to lose anybody yet. Not that he will, but he hadn't had a chance to lose anybody. Everybody's still got to prove to the new coaching staff they got, they got to, they got to earn their keep. They got to prove they're a starter. Florida's going to come out hot, and it's a uh, six p.m. kickoff in the swamp. Trevor, I don't wish that shit on nobody. I like, I like the Gators, man. Yeah, again, crazy. Just given the preseason rankings, but I'll go back to my point a second ago. I am not a believer in the Pac-12. It always starts off, and we got a couple of big, big heavyweights out on the West Coast, and they're not heavyweights. They're not heavyweights. Let me right. ask you both this question. If Trip, this game – Trev, real quick, real quick, big dog. One, one thing – one thing, and, and I want you guys to speak to this. There's supposed to be bad weather in, in, in Florida. One thing that I think can impact this game in a major way, when you talk about Florida athletes – versus Utah culture. One thing that can impact this game, if this turns into a sloppy, muddy game, who takes care of the football better? Who, who's in lockstep with their teammate? Who, who doesn't get down when the ball doesn't bounce their way, when the weather, the wind didn't right, when you miss a field goal or you throw an interception? The weather could be an equalizer in that ball game. And if that happens, Utah's quote-unquote culture, their team, their leadership, their – their, their, their togetherness could be a, a game changer, I believe. I, I disagree, Clint. I, I think that you you throw weather into it. You make everybody one-dimensional. Man, you've got – running the football. You're running the football. you got an SEC size stature. You're in the swamp. Let's get down. Let's get dirty. Let's get our hand in the dirt. Man, I think I think Florida is, yeah. is a has more of an advantage in weather, in my opinion. Right. Yeah. I get what you're saying. There's the culture. They've been around. But yeah. let's look, let's go back to what we were talking about. It, the stature and you're at home. Let me add. This is the question I was going to ask. If this game is at Utah, despite the circumstances, does your pick change? Number uh, seven. Obviously, they got a lot of preseason credit. But but what do you think? If it's at Utah, does your pick change? No, I, I don't think my pick would. I don't, I don't think my pick would change because. uh the reason why I don't think my people change because they would still have that mindset because mm -hmm. of what Billy Napier would feed them to them by being on a co-saving these a certain amount of will um, um, years and having success at the other school that he was at before Florida. 
And I and I think that he would have a team ready because I um I think he knows what he's looking for and and I think he knows how to prepare for those things and like you know that it rains on and off in Florida constantly and and I'm pretty sure that he having them out there in that mud in that rain long as it's not lightning or thundering. I think that he gonna have on my side because he gonna tell them like Coach Save and say every year, if it's not lightning or thundering, you're gonna play in that game. <laughs> and you have to be ready for it. Just like um a couple years ago when Alabama had to play Missouri in that game where he, they he, he even put Oh hell, Bo. Alabama, Missouri. Damn, Bo. What you talking about? I'm just saying, no. Hey, talking you about, might as well use Vanderbilt, Bo. Damn. No, I'm talking about far as weather-wise. You know what I mean? How much rain that it was. So I, I got you. I think that you know Florida would adapt to that because they will already know how to play in that. So I, I, I agree. I don't hey, think Clint, my pick would change. That's fair. Uh, let me ask you this, Clint. Anthony Richardson, big preseason hype. He's had some time on the field. It's not like he's never thrown a pass. But when he has gotten in, it's been very inconsistent. I know everybody could argue, hey, man, it's mop-up time. You don't get all, you know, you don't get into a rhythm. You're not preparing as the starter, so on and so forth. We obviously realize that he's an athletic player. But do you think Anthony Richardson is ready for this stage? Hey, I'm at home. I know I got dogs around me like you talked about. But is he ready to host the number seven team in the country? Now, I'm not saying they deserve to be number seven, but they've got some respect somewhere. Is he ready for the moment? Well, I mean, that, that's the jury's still out on that, Trev. I mean, that's why, we, that's why we're all going to sit our ass down and, and watch it. I'm going to drink about 12 of these silver bullets, baby. <laughs> I, look, I mean, I, when, it, when it's all said and done, I know he's physically ready. I'll tell you that. I mean, I know, I know that is the most physically gifted quarterback in the game right now. That's Cam Newton with a cannon. Uh, now, I don't know clearly. Look, I mean, he hurt himself last year in the damn hotel the night before a damn game. Clear, I mean, he is – and no no offense to Emory Jones. I'm sure he's a great guy. But but Emory Jones had no business being on that field last year with Florida. Anthony Richardson should have took that job, that bull by the horns, and ran with that sucker. They're in two different they're, – they're in two different tiers of quarterback play and what, and, and what they do for your team. I mean, Anthony Richardson looks like a man amongst boys when he's on the field – with that squad, Bo, Bo Scarborough suited up with when, oh, when yeah. he goes and play, when he goes and plays Georgia. That usually when Georgia plays somebody, anybody you thought was fast, looks like my old ass running out there. <laughs> Anthony Richardson, he looks like he's running at a different speed. He looks like he's as big or bigger than those guys. I don't know if he's mentally ready, and that's what the world is is going to be watching to see, Trevor. I mean, he might mess the bed. He might pee down his leg. But it ain't gonna be because the good Lord didn't get, didn't gift him with some some unbelievable abilities, man. I love it. Let's do our picks, guys. Number seven, Utah at the swamp in Florida. Utah is a three and a half point favorite on the road. Bo, we'll start with you. Who you got in the game? Who you got against the spread, man? I'm gonna go with Florida in the game, and um, like I said, the reason I'm gonna go with Florida because of you know. Of, Billy Napier and I think that he has his team prepared in ever in every way that he could. And then they also have to find their identity uh because the new coach and um also I'm choosing Florida because of Anthony Richardson. 
Uh, he's a great player, big guy, can run, has speed, 240, and, you know, he outrunning the defense, and he find guys that open, and um, I'm pretty sure he can get the job done. And uh, and I'm going to take Florida with that three. Love it. Clint, who you got? Come on, man. I hate to, I hate to, uh, I hate to be the – I hate to, to to run the same bet back, but you can run that one back on me, man. Florida and point, Florida getting getting three and a half in the swamp at night. Shit, I mean, I I mean, you bet the other way. I, I I'd lose fifteen pounds worrying about this for the damn kickoff. I'm going Florida, man. Florida plus three and a half at home, baby. Guys, I'm going yeah, against I'm- you. As much as I've said about the Pac-12, <laughs> it is a number seven team versus an unranked team. I get the whole swamp. I may I may lose this one. But I'm sticking to my gut feeling and my guns. I think Kyle Whittingham is getting those boys ready to play. He's been there. He's won a lot of football games. I think they're going to go in, and it it is not going to be a a blowout by any stretch of the imagination. It may be a three-point game. It may be a seven-point game. But I'm taking the Utes in this one, and I I may get reamed for that one. But I'm taking the Utes, and obviously the Utes with, with the spread as well. Trev, so, uh, Trev, if, if Utah goes up there and wins this ball game, man, here's what I hope happens. If they if they win this ball game, I hope they get the credit that they deserve. I hope I hope that Utah doesn't go up there and beat an unranked Florida team, and everybody go, oh, they fired the head coach last year. Oh, they're they're not they're, they're not they're not ranked. No, man, you go to the swamp, you beat Florida at night, you beat some absolute dogs. Period. And, and I hope that if Utah does that, they get the credit of what that culture is and, and that leadership is and that being on one accord is, I hope they get the credit. I don't think they're going to win the damn thing, but if they do, let's tip the cap to them now. We'll find out. We'll find out in just a, a few short days, boys. Let's move into our heavyweight matchup of the weekend. And I saved something for this segment of the show, guys. Always when we do our toast, we give an honorary toast to the godfather of college football, Coach Lee Corso. But I waited till now because this game is the college game day game of the week. Lee Corso is headed to Columbus for Notre Dame at Ohio State. So let's take a quick pause and cheers to our man Lee Corso, the godfather of college football. We look forward to seeing you out there again this Saturday. See, Trev. Cheers to Corso. That's why you got to get you a good. If you're gonna have that clear glass, you got to have you a good, healthy poor big dog. You can't. Hey, I, man, start, I, I see you running out over. I'm sucking it down. I'm sucking it down. Hey, I need Trails a over rattling. Trails rattling that thing. Hope his wife's here. Here's it. You hear them ice cubes popping, baby. Hey, all our <laughs> listeners out there. We were talking before the show. Quick little tangent. We'll dive into our big game of the week. But I had a little whiskey tonight. Just a little Woodford Reserve. wasn't anything special. Clint, you said you had uh, 1942 on the rocks? That's that Julio 42, that Julio 42 go. on Bo, the rocks. Bo, did you have a drink tonight or not tonight? Man, I'm, I'm drinking Milo's lemonade, sweet. Uh, Milo's lemonade. Perfect. All right, so, hey, in Twitter, we want to hear what y'all are drinking when as you're watching the show. So hit us up, tell us what you're drinking or what we should be drinking on the show to join you. Guys, let's dive right in. Notre Dame, huge story. Brian Kelly, out. Insert Marcus Freeman, larger than life, a guy that's going to come in and you know he's going to be a culture driver. And then Ryan Day, some would argue, maybe not the best coach in the country, because Bo, you would argue that, right? You got Nick Saban, long time, but maybe the most exciting coach in the country right now with what he has done 
there in Columbus. Let's stay right there for a second. Bo, you've been around the best of the best in Nick Saban. How much does a head coach mean in preparation for a big game like this? Talk about your experience. How would Coach Saban get you guys ready for this game? Man, honestly, we prepare for the we prepare for the a big team the same way as we would um, prepare for Georgia Southern, because we're we were the type of team that we wanted. We didn't take any team for granted. We gave gave them their respect on everything they um they earned, and for this game for Ohio State, man, uh, you 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 just had to prepare the same way that you would put, um, prepare for any game. You can't make one game bigger than another one because you don't you don't play at the expectation as you would. You wouldn't give it your all if you were playing a smaller school versus a big school. So I think that they need that they need to have that mindset of this is only a game. You know, it's just a game. Do your job, play your part. Ohio State have a great quarterback with fast receiver that's always getting behind the defense. So that's what I think that uh, Ohio State needs to do. And that's what we did at Alabama. We prepared for each team the same way. And we went out there with the mindset of each team that these guys also have great athletes on their team too. Like we are not going to just go out there and just beat them off of just because we're bigger and faster. No, you have other teams that can beat you all straight, doing what they supposed to do, being in the place where they supposed to be, and not making many errors and not making minimum uh, and not making many mistakes as other teams would because they're trying to do so much because they playing a big team. Clint, do you think that's happening at either of these schools? Marcus Freeman, you know he's. His hair's on fire. He's screaming. It's a it's a big game of the week. Obvious playoff implications from the get go. And then you got Ryan Day, who's just got a offense for sure that is stacked and loaded. Give us your thoughts on both sides, Clint. Look, I I, I think Notre Dame is is one of two teams that's lit, that's ranked in the top the top ten this year that I that I I disagree with. Well, more I guess it's more than two since I've already put Utah in that mix too. I don't know I don't know who the hell I'd have ranked in the top ten. I don't count everybody out, but <laughs> but, um, but but no. Look, I, I think Notre Dame. It's it's the only school I know that that lost one of the top three, top five head coaches in all of college football, depending on who you talk to. That was a perfect fit at Notre Dame. I don't think he's a good fit at, at, at LSU, but he's a perfect. he was a perfect fit at Notre Dame. And he was replaced by a head coach that I really like. I think I, I personally would love to play for, for Freeman. I, I, I think he's got a chance to be really good, but none of us know. We, we don't know what the hell. We're not, we don't know how that's going to play. There's a lot more to – to, to being a head coach at Notre Dame than, than recruiting and, and, and coaching with your hair on fire. There's a lot more to it. We have no idea. Um, and the, the, the big part, I, I think the last piece of that, Trevor, they ain't got a quarterback, man. They, they don't have a quarterback that, that you and I know. They don't have a quarterback. They may have a guy that they think can do the job, but and they don't North have a Dame. Say it again? At North Dame? Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. That, that, yeah, that Notre Dame doesn't have it. They, they, don't, they don't have their head coach. They got a first-year head coach. They don't have a quarterback. I, I just – I think there's too many key figureheads for you, me, and Bo to sit here and go, yeah, man, Notre Dame's going to go in there and wreck shop against a, 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 a team like Ohio State. And 
I mean, what, what do we need to say about Ohio State? I mean, they got C.J. Stroud. They got they they're going. That may be the most explosive offense in the country. Hell, I, I, I think they know maybe. I mean, hell, that, that's got to be the most explosive offense in the country, right? Yeah, I, I would think so as well. They're gonna um, be in the conversation. You know, they already in the conversation with uh, giving Alabama a run. So, yeah, they're they like I like I mentioned. They have you know fast receiver that's always behind the defense, and Trout can throw the ball very well. Well, Ryan Day, Ryan Day is a again. I mean, I'll just flip it, Trevor, to the other side, right? I mean. Ryan Day is a great head coach, proven head coach. Ryan Day is is a um, you know I remember some of the work that he that he did, some of the the, the behind the scenes that he's that he's they, they posted video of of him working with his quarterbacks, and and he he is an, an offensive minded um, uh, pro style, um, uh, just a, a really good play schemer, play caller. Um, you know, and I don't know exactly who's calling the plays at Ohio State. I don't need to know, but but he's a great offensive mind. And then you got CJ Stroud. So when you look, when you look at the, the 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 coaches and the players on the field as the quarterbacks, the ones that are going to impact the the outcome of the game more so than anything, um, I think this is a huge advantage, Ohio State. Uh, huge advantage, Ohio State. Guys, you mentioned the firepower that Ohio State has. In my opinion, they may have the best college, their most exciting coach in college football. I think they've got the best quarterback in college football. And both of those could be argued for, for Alabama, right? We talked about that, Bo. I think they've got the best running back in college football, maybe outside of B. Jane Robinson, Robinson in, in Travion Henderson. You and then they for sure have the best receiver in college football in Jackson Smith and Jigba. You That's know that, four that. pieces to a super, super powerful yeah. engine. Does, Bo, let me yeah. ask you this. Let me ask you, you a question first. You go don't ahead. Think, you don't think that the running backs Gibbs, Jemiah Gibbs, is in this um, conversation of being one of the top running backs in the, um, college football? Cer certainly. Certainly not saying that. I'm just saying look at all the pieces of the puzzle that, that Ohio State has in this matchup, and I think it's just going to be hard to stop. So let, let me ask you this question, Bo. Do you think – that Notre Dame's defense is going to be able to slow these guys down enough to score enough points with, you know, a new quarterback um, that that is inexperienced, um, a, a new head coach that, yes, is driving culture, all these different question marks in order to put themselves in a position to win the football game. Oh, by the way, they're on the road in Columbus or at Ohio State. Do they have enough to even make it a game? No, they don't. I don't okay. – because I don't think they can play all four quarters with Ohio State. Like like you just mentioned, uh, inexperienced quarterback who, when he did play a couple games that he played, he didn't throw the ball very much, did um, a lot of running when he was in the game. And I also think that Ohio State defense, uh, um, defensive coach Jim, uh, that he's going to have his defense ready. And, you know, I think those guys are going to be pursuing to the ball. And one thing that I, uh, I like about Jim, that he's going to have his guys focused and dialed in and doing their job and actually, you know, not making very many mistakes because of how he getting these guys prepared and um, practice. And, you know, like he said in the interview before, that if, uh, if these guys doesn't do their job in the game, it's because of, 
him and I know that he don't want himself to look bad because of what he mentioned in the press so I'm pretty sure that he has um, very confident in his defense at Ohio State and I'm pretty sure that uh, he's confident that his players is going to get the job done and, and going to play you know um, balls to the wall. Yeah, no doubt. So, guys, let's get our picks in. This obviously the, the heavyweight matchup of the week. Number five, Notre Dame on the road at Ohio State. All right. Could be college football playoff chances across the board. Who, who, do, you, who do you guys like in the game? We'll just go straight up on this one. Uh, Clint, we'll start with you. Give, give us your winner and why. Look, I, I mean, it's clear, baby. You, Ohio State, and, I, and I'll, give, uh, I, I'll give 17. Okay, Bo. Well, I think the spread's more than that, actually. But I'll, I'll give. I'll give seven. I'm feeling generous. I'll give seventeen. What's the spread? I don't have the spread on this one. I, I lost it here. So let's just pick straight up. I'll get it in a second. Seventeen. There you go. I'm, I'm gonna go with OSU on this one, and all because of uh, what they didn't expect. Uh, established already in their defense, their um, co-gem of, you know, like I just mentioned before, the mindset that he had for his guys and, and the type of offense, explosive offense that Ohio State have with the receiver being fast and, like I mentioned earlier, getting behind the defense. And and if the – I can see them um, probably uh, putting more points on the board than um, 17 on the spread if it's that if that what it was. We'll go across the board on this one again, guys. I got Ohio State by well more than 17, which I know is a lot of points, especially yeah, against the number five team in the country. Playing. Yeah, it, 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 too, too, fire, too, too much firepower in that offense. And uh, what Jim Knowles bring – I mean, it, they're going to be a tough team to beat this year. Let's, let's talk about something real quick. Clint, I know this is near and dear to your heart. Playoff expansion, all right? Playoff expansion, and I also want to get into a little conference realignment talk as well. How far off are we, Clint, from conference from a playoff expansion? Excuse me. And what would that do for for college football with all these presumably good teams, or or is it just going to widen the gap and there's going to be guys that get in that shouldn't get in? Yeah. No. Look, I, I think it's for me. Um, I, I think I think it's a great thing. I, but but you, I, to be completely transparent, Trevor, I, I'm I'm for the players, man. I, I'm for I, I want to wake up one day and I want to cover cover the beautiful game of college football and I want to cover it knowing that eight or 12 or 16 teams in America are going to have the outside shot of winning about winning a national championship. What we experienced last year with Cincinnati, it, it, it took it took some big time programs to stumble and 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 not play well last year for them to get a shot, but that was a beautiful thing for me. The more the more programs that can start in August and their coach look their guys in the eyes and say, "Hey, if we run the table, if we go undefeated, we can get in the college football playoffs." To me, the conversation stops right there, Trevor. That's all I need to hear. It's about the players. It's about the opportunity for the players, in my opinion. Now, when we get into uh, the, the conversations that are out there right now, the reports that the board of directors could, could, could make a decision as early as tomorrow to expand this thing to 12 teams. 12 uh, teams in the playoff? 12-team playoff as early as 2024 and 2025. They, they could amend the last two years 
of the contract. And that, that decision could come down as early as tomorrow. Um, I like the number 12, man. I like the number 12. I, I think you're right now, as we sit, you're going to take your, your conference champions. You're going to take your, your top, your top, at least one, your top group, a group of five football team. And then whatever's left over, which you'd have a whole hell of a lot of them if it's 12, you, but you have three or four at large bids of teams that just flat ass deserve to be there. Yep. And, and so um, I, I love it, man. I, I absolutely love it. I'm good with the number 12. I thought, I thought eight would be enough. I thought you I thought you go at eight, you go your five, your winners of your five power five conferences. You go your best group of five football team, and then you got two at-large bids so that you could take the loser of the SEC championship if you so choose. Uh, a, a team that, that wins 11 ball games goes 11 and one and for some reason doesn't get into their their conference championship game. You still can can award those guys the opportunity. So I love eight. I'll take twelve all day. All, hey, all day long. I'll take twelve, baby. You got a you got a chance for a for a, a, a Cinderella story. To your point, Clint, in that scenario, now will that happen with four? Probably not. You just don't have enough, right? Uh, if you got twelve, you're playing somebody a little more similar to you on the front end, then you can get hot. You know, you see it in baseball all the time. You see it in basketball all the time. Let's get that into football, Bo. What's your thoughts? Because you. A school like Alabama, where you came through, you knew you were getting in the in the top four. You knew you were probably in the top two. So you probably haven't given a lot of thought into, ah, well, what about the other eight to no, ten teams? No, what, what are your I thoughts? Gave, I gave it, I gave it some thought. I would uh, I would like the eight team better because you you have to think about it right now. If you go, if you play all these games and then play in the national championship as they has it right now, that's 15 games being playing on college students. And you have to think about it. We all know that um, camp is way longer and uh, more physical than uh, camp in the league. So I think there will be way too many games. Uh, I mean, would, would it'll be maybe 18? 18 games at the most, would you, it will be too many games to be played in college football. And, you know, it would be taken. Bo, to Bo, real the, quick though, Bo, what they would do though, what they would have to do is y'all would have to quit playing, playing them, them little, them D2 schools y'all play three times outside the SEC. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, get out of here. <laughs> no, but, but all bullshit aside. If, if the, okay, if that's the case and then, It'll force a lot of other teams out because all these big teams will be playing each other, but we'll have this loss on their record to another team on the outside, like um, who was it? Um, the team down in Florida that went undefeated and they called themselves the national championship. UCF. UCF, no Central doubt. UCF, you know what I mean? It could be guys like that and be fresh going into a playoff game and but you know, was was that a, was that a year that you guys won it all when they did that yeah was that did that disrespect you did that disrespect you that they said they got to share the national championship that you worked hard for you know i was like we the real champions but i also like you know i i, I had a conversation with shakane griffin like i respect y'all boys a lot i feel like they should have had a spot in the uh championship I mean, in a playoff, that's when they gave us the fourth spot, right? Yep. Yeah, that's yep. When we, so that's why, think about it, if it were eight, that could have been a team that could have got mm -hmm. in. You know what I mean? 
Could, could have been, right? Well, we that saw Cincinnati been, come in last year and get yeah. – you know, and, just you know, smacked around. Win, and we didn't even win our conference that year when we got in. Yeah. So that that brings us to another topic. Clint, I know you're going to love this one. Conference realignment. We've touched on it quite a bit on our preview shows, but we are seeing this now as we go to a bigger college football playoff. Cincinnati moving over to the Big 12 so they can have a better shot of getting in on a, a regular basis. You got a couple teams out west wanting to go play with the big boys in the Big 10. Clint, talk to us a little bit about your mindset around conference realignment. Is it good for college football? Is it going to be a detriment? Does it give teams, and I keep pointing out Cincinnati, but it give, does it give teams that get into certain conferences a bigger advantage of making a run for the national title or even a conference championship? Give us your thoughts, man. Yeah, Boy, look, I, first of all, I, I, I'm man. sorry. Go ahead, Bo. I was just going to add on, and, you know, Texas and that, um, um, Oklahoma also – you know, came to the SEC, but that won't happen until a few years. No doubt. Yeah, look, man, I, I think the NCAA has failed college football in an unbelievable way in terms of just allowing it to be the wild, wild west. Um, look, I, I like USC and UCLA going to the Big Ten. I, from a football perspective, it makes a whole lot of sense, but it's not just about football. Um, I like Texas and, and OU going to the SEC. Logistically, um, you know, it makes a whole lot of sense. Uh, I don't like that 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 teams and, and universities can just can can uh, you know cherry pick the best programs and get and, and and create separation between themselves and other conferences. Like the fact that you're the, the ACC is strong enough to survive as is, but they're going to add to some degree. They're, they're going to add West Virginia. They're they're, they're going to pull somebody that makes sense logistically. Um, but. I mean, the Big 12 is – and I'll defend the Big 12 right now because you got, you got a few teams in the, in the top 25. But the Big 12 is going to be by far the fourth, the fourth conference in, in America, the fourth power conference in America, and it's going to be a, a, a humongous gap between the, the, the number three conference, ACC, and, and the Big 12. And so I hate the idea of the wild, wild west shit. But, again, back to my original point, Trevor, if we're going to have these power conferences, you're going to have – you know, we're already looking at it with, with the Big 12. You're going to have U of H, BYU, Central Florida, and Cincinnati. All of a sudden, they're in the Big 12. They got a legitimate opportunity to win a national championship when they wake up in August before they start playing uh, conference football and before that season starts. So for that reason, and that's not, there's going to be, there's going to be I don't know, five to ten more group of five schools that, that jump in and get that same opportunity. And so I'm here for it in a big, big way. Um so, I, again, I don't know if it's 16-team conferences. I don't know if it's 20-team conferences. But but I'm here for it because it's better for the players, man. It, does there have to be some uniformity to it, though, at some point? Or is it the wild, wild west, just like all the NIL stuff and everything else? It, it, hey, you want to go here? Yeah, it's a money deal. You know, USC, UCLA, go go to the Big Ten. Get out of here. Tra you know, travel to, to State College in, in the middle of November and see how you hold up. I mean, does it – does it really make sense from a logistical standpoint and a practical standpoint? I mean, I get what you're saying about wanting to go and play for conference titles and putting your program in a position to be successful, not just in football, but in any sport. But but does it really make sense in the grand scheme of things? It, to me, to me, it doesn't make a, a whole hell of a lot of sense. And I, I'm not real sure I understand exactly your but question. But. It doesn't make sense, but do, but but you're a fan of it, right? I don't think it makes sense for USC to travel on the road and play in the Big Ten. 
the, what I've loved about conferences today is they have their own identity. Pac-12, exactly. going to throw it all around. There Big 12, high-powered offenses, maybe not the best defenses, smaller guys going to run around. SEC, you know, you got a little bit of both, pro-style type stuff. Go up to the Big Ten, you got real big dudes. You got the Iowas, you got the, you know, Purdue's, mm -hmm. you got the Penn States of the world. Mm -hmm. I, I have just always appreciated and enjoyed the identities of these different conferences, not only because they're in that conference, but they're in that part of the country. Now you go out and you get a dude that grew up, you know, on the beach wearing vans and his pants rolled up. Yeah, he's a good player, but now you're telling him to go to, you know, Columbus, Ohio, it, when it's snowing outside and try and strap it on. I just think it mixes culturally. And so I, I'm not really a fan from that point, but I am sort of in, in, uh, in, in a fan of it because of the, some of the things that you said about having a chance to go and compete for it all. So I guess what I'm trying to say is I'm a mixed bag. I could stand on both sides of that coin. And I was just curious if you were the same. Yeah, there's it, it makes no sense for you, USC and UCLA to go to to go to the the Big Ten. It makes no sense. It makes, it makes, I, it makes, I agree. I agree. I agree with you, Trevor. It is it it doesn't make sense. And like it is I, like I said, I agree with you with both of them. You know what I mean? Like it's it's a good thing for the players to you know establish themselves improve themselves and for the program as well that they can play with these other teams that get into the playoff and they have a better record than they does and they saying that these teams not playing anyone but get into this into the conference and they playing the same same team that the other teams have been playing and getting into the playoff they have approved um, they have a chance to prove themselves that they belongs in that conference but it doesn't make sense like you just said for UCLA to fly to somewhere where it's, you know snoring at you know what I mean and that's something that they don't even get on the west coast no doubt no doubt guys been a great talk I want to switch over to a live reaction going on as we speak West Virginia and Pitt are in a barn burner. It's the fourth quarter, two minutes, 19 seconds left. West Virginia was up two minutes ago in the ballgame. Pitt just scored and then turned around and got a pick six. Pitt leads 38-31. They're up a touchdown. Now JT Daniels has got the ball back and he's driving. You, they're panning over the stands right now on my screen. Man, the, I want to be in Pittsburgh right now. That place is going nuts. It's Opening night. It's Thursday. I'm not going to class in the morning. <laughs> I'm going out after the game, and I'm sleeping through class, and it's let's get the weekend going early. Man, Pittsburgh is rocking right now. Guys, walk through this, Bo, walk through this scenario with me. I know you weren't in this scenario a lot at Bama because you guys ran out uh, of the stadium on a lot of folks. But it's a tight ball game. Week one, um, you got two quarterbacks that played with each other. They're on the same roster at USC, have both transferred. They're going head-to-head -head in this battle right now. You got turnovers. You got guys flying around. What, what's the mindset right now? Two-minute drill, game on the line, seven-point game. What would coach or, or you guys be saying in the huddle? Um, West Virginia got the ball. Uh, West Virginia's got the ball and they're driving. That's right. What's, what's the um, seconds and what's the seconds left time? Uh, it's timeout right now. Or it's a review. Excuse me. There's a minute forty two seconds left. They're down by seven. I will put the. I would try to put the ball in 
in my best receiver hand uh, for the first couple of plays and we'll be going what would be going through my head to uh, try to control the game and keep our poise um, to try to score, you know, uh, to try to score, but not have enough time left that they can score again and come out with a, a pooch uh, kick and, and have to rely on, on, on my defense. Like, you know, when we score, I know for a fact that I can rely on my defense to get a stop and we can go back out there and take a knee and take a knee and end the game. That what would be going through my mind is get the, ball, and get the ball downfield first and then run the ball, run the ball to control the clock on how you want it. And if they know that we run and maybe they will uh, step up and we can maybe throw a slant or, you know, a comeback or something to try to uh, score and win, uh, win the game. No doubt. Uh, guys, if y'all are still rolling with us, field of 12 after dark, we're doing a live reaction right now to this West Virginia pit game. Uh, man, it, it, it is going crazy. You see Neil Brown yelling right now with, that, with the, that, the rule in there. Clint, let me ask you this. From a quarterback's perspective, you got a guy that's down seven points in JT Daniels with a minute 42 left. What's his mindset? And then you got Keaton Slovis sitting on the sidelines thinking, hey, man, if they go down and score, I got to go win this football game. What, what are the two different mindsets there? Man, they're not different. I mean, hell, uh, Trevor, I mean, you're, you're right. How old are you, Trev? Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty old. Damn, you stuttered through that. Talk <laughs> oh, I'm, t- hey. I'm 28. I'm 28. Hey, I mean, look, here's the deal. I mean, these two cats, I mean, they've been playing seven-on-seven since they were 10 years old, man. I mean, these cats got ice water in their veins when it comes to to being put in these situations to just just drop back and and gunsling, throw the back shoulder like they're they're in the backyard at 10 years old, man. So, I mean, at the end of the day, both of these dudes are cut from the same cloth. And, and, and if, if I'm being honest, they probably – it's probably one of their mindsets right now, let me get the ball last. Just let me get the ball last. They're not thinking like, Bo, like most of us, and you being an old running back and you being from the school of Alabama uh, and not necessarily the university, more of just the school, the, the, the mindset, um, you know, it's so different with these guys that, that are just drop back and gunsling and see what happens. I mean, it's live by the seat of your pants, fly by the seat of your pants, and uh, whoever gets the ball last, um, good luck. And so, uh, hell, these guys these guys were born doing this, Trev. The different mindset than my ass. I, so I, need a, let, I need a good, solid run game and throw the quick, throw the quicks, baby. Yeah, so that's, I, what I'm saying. Me, that's what I agree with. Bo, I'll ask you this. I know you weren't a quarterback, but still as a part of the offense – are you the guy that you want to play from a – again, you didn't do this very much, so probably not a fair question, but play from behind a little bit. You're JT Daniels. Let's go score and go for two and win this thing. Are you like take a couple deep breaths on the sidelines? I'm Keaton Slovis. I'm the pit offense. Let them score or hopefully not let them score. But if they do score, I mean, I, I'm confident enough in myself and my offense, we're going to go down and, and we're going to win this football game. Where would you rather play from, right? Would you rather play from behind or be the guy that's like, hey, calm, cool, collected, let's go get after it when the time comes? If if I have the type of defense that um, that I had at Alabama back in, 20, in 2016, 
Yes, I would say let them score. Put the put the balls in in, in our hand. I have Jalen Hurts, Calvin Ridley, uh, Adary Stewart, me and Damian Harris in the backfield, so we can run the ball. And we had great returners that'll get us out. Y'all win so many games, man. Y'all had no damn players. How'd y'all win so many games, bro? <laughs> we had good guys that can get us to you know, a good field position. And it depends on how much time we have left on the clock and get the ball down. You know, mm-hmm. if we get the ball down and, and what you said, the score is 31, 31, 38. Yeah. Under a minute, 30 seconds high, left. They go for two and they just, they're they not going to have time. The ball. Yeah, they, it, it's West Virginia. The ball's in West Virginia's game here. Neil Brown looks like he's about to have a coronary on the sideline. Um, Love Neil Brown was at Tech recruiting me there. Let me let me just say this. Let me ask you this, Clint. Um, how how much heightened awareness do you have to have in these moments? These are things that you work on in practice every single day. The two minute drill. These type of game situations, right? You just had a tackle jump off sides. I get it, it's the first game. If you're blowing somebody out, that's okay. But here you are going to try and win a game. How do you overcome things like that mentally? I mean, do you work well, on it more preseason, or you know that's unacceptable? Yeah, look, look. I mean, that's one of the things that if you wasn't working on it two months ago, your ass is in, in trouble. So <laughs> you, ain't, you ain't gonna figure it out in the fourth quarter. Here, here's what's interesting about this: is like West Virginia should have a really good beat on what Pitt's doing, Pittsburgh's doing defensively. I mean, they they played four quarters of football. They they held, they've had the damn football for the last ten minutes, other than the pick six. So I mean, they they should they should have a really good bead on what Pittsburgh is doing defensively. All that jumping around in the crowd. The one thing about playing in the SEC, Trev, you hell, you you played in in, uh, in in the Big 12. You played in some in some crazy ass atmospheres. I mean, clearly that looks good for TV, but they they know we tune that shit out. We don't, you don't hear that. All you're all you're in tune to is communicating with your with your center and and uh and hopefully going and making a play. What you can't do is what JT Daniels ass just did. You cannot take a sack in this situation, and he took a sack. Well, here we go. Game Game's on the line, guys. If you're rolling with us, I know, my, you know our screens may be off, um, but just, just roll with us here for a second. Fourth down, game on the line, West Virginia on the road at Pitt. I mean, this would be a huge game for West Virginia and Neil Brown. Both of these quarterbacks, the stories they have. I mean, JT Daniels on national championship team last year, you know, battled injuries his whole career when he was at – USC, you know, th- this would be a, a huge win for them, and it all comes down to this. Let, let's see what happens, boys. What's going it, through your mind here? I mean, what's it, going through this, your mind here? Hey, isn't this beautiful, Trev? Like, not beautiful, but terrible. I mean, the guy just – I mean, he's played a bad bad fourth quarter here. But when you talk about JT Daniels, and, and, I, and I've wondered for a year now, like how do you have JT Daniels on the sideline and Stetson Bennett's the guy you continue to roll with now? after what he did in the college ball playoffs, we all get it. And in hindsight, that's a tough conversation to have because he finished so strong. But at the time I'm thinking, damn, how do you, how, I mean, how do you roll through a season thinking that's going to win a national championship? Well, you just saw JT Daniels uh, uh, tie ball game late in the fourth quarter. He throws a pick six. That may be why, that may be why Kirby smart said, I'm going to stick with those Stetson Bennett. I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to stay easy and make sure he doesn't turn the football over in the fourth quarter when we got a tight ball game. No doubt. Bo, let me ask you this question. This is more of a personal question. Okay. Just talk about it in general. It may not be what you did, but 
you're in, you're, you play at Bryant Denny home opener, you guys whack somebody. Let's say it's a Thursday night like this. What's your schedule the rest of the weekend? You going out to Innisfree and, and having a good time after the game, you going back to the apartment with the boys. I mean, what, what would you guys do to celebrate big time wins in, in Tuscaloosa? Cause I tell you what, they, if they hold on here, they're about to go nuts in Pittsburgh. I want to be there tonight. He just threw a touchdown down to the either down to the six inch line or first, a touchdown. First, what I'm gonna do, I'm gonna go hit that hot tub and cold tub first, and I'm gonna leave from there. And we're gonna meet up at Innisfree, you know, hang out a little bit, chill a little bit, and then the next day we up in there working out, running one tens. You know, oh, I mean? that's scary. Hey, I'm gonna cut you off real quick. <laughs> Hey, they just uh, – West Virginia, I may be a little bit behind, just caught the ball at the one-yard line. 22 seconds left. They're saying that's a, it's a catch. JT Daniels getting the guys up to the line. Clint, you may be a little ahead. Are they, are they checking on this? Yeah, they're reviewing it. Yeah, they're reviewing it, it, it right now. It, it hit the ground. Did it really? Yep. Dude got his hands underneath it. Dude got his hands underneath it, but as he rolled, the whole ball hit the ground. Boys, this is midseason form. I mean, this is as emotional as a game as you're going to find. Oh, yeah. I am so excited that football's back, man. So what Pitt have to do, they have to go get ready for the next game with the same mindset, uh, less mistakes, and because I feel like they having the confidence in themselves uh, because it's their first game is being played on a Thursday. So I think for their next opponent, they got the mindset of, uh, let's go out here and do our job and beat the hell out of this team and uh, and have them not want to play us again. Yep. So, Clint, you may be a little ahead. Let us know when the official ruling comes out. I've seen crazier things by the by the officials before, all right? Well, the, the good thing is, Trevor, it was called a catch on the field. It was. Uh, but it I think that's easily overturned. Ball hits the ground. Pitt's going to win the football game. Yeah, I think I think it's easily overturned, uh, but but stranger things have happened. So we'll see, we'll see what they uh, what they end up doing. Well, what what a hell of a football game! What what a rivalry! I mean, here here's the thing: we've been talking about conference realignment and and, and all the changing in college football. These two teams are in two different conferences, boys. Mm-hmm. There ain't no reason on, on God's green earth that college foot of college football season should be played. And college football programs should be divvied up into, into conferences and West Virginia and Pitt not be in the same damn conference. There ain't no reason that Pitt and Penn State shouldn't play. They're, 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 I mean, it, it, we're, we're being robbed, guys. We're just now getting Texas and Texas A&M back, man. I used to go to the Aggie bonfire no good. Before, before they quit doing it back in the day. I mean, right. that's one of the top five rivalries in all of football, and some asshole – that 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 made it makes a makes a, a lot more money than I make, made the decision, and I don't care about the SEC and the Big Twelve. And you move, they should have found a way to make that football game happen over the last twenty damn years. Agreed, and, and they hadn't. So um, this yes. is that this is a reminder of 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 what should be going on in college football from the perspective of these rivals playing. This is big time, no doubt. Hey, Pitt Panthers going to go on and win this game. That's like you said, Clint. Hard fought. I want to see how West Virginia responds going into Big 12 play. I mean, of course, we got a couple more games before that, but West Virginia's proven right here, hey, they can play with ranked teams. Now, we'll see how good Pitt ends up being, but this was a hard-fought game. Congrats to Pitt Panthers. Y'all are going to have a fun night there. 
on campus tonight. Keaton Slovis, cool story, man. Cool story all the way down. Hey, I want to invite uh, one of our producers in, Dagan Hughes, because it's uh, it's our last little segment of the night. I hope you're still rolling with us. I know we're running a little long, but we had to we had to cover that game. That's that's a great game. But uh, Dagan, welcome on, man. Guys, we're gonna go round the horn here. We'll start with Clint on each one. Bo, then we'll go to you. Then I'll go, and then lastly, Dagan will go. We're going to roll through some of the games this weekend and give our picks. Now, we've done a little bit of this uh, this past week, and uh, and our man Bryce Petty and Greg both went 10-1. and one. And so we got a little internal competition here. And so we'll roll through these really quick, guys. Give us, uh, give us your winner. Um, if you want to give a thought, you can. But this is our last segment of the night, so tune in here uh, Folks, again, thanks to uh, our partners over at Bet River Sportsbook, but let's dive in. Start with the first one here. We got TCU on the road at Colorado. Clint, who you got? TCU, baby. I'm a big Sonny Dykes guy. He's my guy. I love him to death, man. Great dude, down-to-earth guy, no ego, hangs it at the door. I love Sonny Dykes taking over a Gary Patterson program. Look, Patterson's a guy that you call him what you want, but I'm pretty sure he had that program buttoned up now. He's, he's, he's taking over a good program at TCU. Uh, so, so yeah, I, I like I like Sonny Dykes, baby. Bo, who you got in this one? I'm going to go with TCU. I think they're a better team than Colorado. They got the uh, mindset. They ready. Uh, I think they have their identity. You know, I'm a big guy of uh, finding your identity of what your team is made of. And I'm going to piggyback off what he said, man, that they have that thing um, rolling over the uh, – and I feel like they can get the job done. Love it. I'm going with TCU as well for both all the things you guys said, but Sonny Dykes was able to turn that program around there at SMU and do bigger and better things year after year after year. He's right down the road in Fort Worth. I don't even know if he moved houses. We'll have to check on that. But uh, I'm going with the Frogs at Colorado. Dagan Hughes, who you got, my friend? I, I'm also going with TCU. I, I did see a couple reports that we could have uh, three quarterbacks playing this game for the Horned Frogs. So something to keep an eye on. But I think they got uh, more talent than Colorado. So I'm going with uh, the Horned Frogs there. TCU, get on Bet River Sportsbook. Make your bets now. I think it's across the board, boys. Next one, number 24, Houston. On the road to my hometown in the Alamo Dome to take on the UTSA Roadrunners, a team that won their conference for the first time in school history this past year. Clint, we'll start with you. Who you got, Houston or UTSA, the in-state rivals? Man, I'm torn here, bro. I, look, the, the Texas Hill Country is one of the most beautiful places in America, my favorite place to vacation, to hang, to, to, to just get – in fact, I'm going to see Eric Church tomorrow night. It's going to be a beautiful evening. For me and the wifey, but um, Jeff Trailer, love him. UTSA was able to do some really good things last year, but man, I'm right here in Houston, man. Dana Holgerson with these Cougars, he's got a quarterback that seems like he's been there for about ten years. Uh, he, he capitalized big time in the transfer portal with his skill guys. I believe he's got all five. I know he's got four of his offensive linemen coming back with a with a ton of starts under their belt. Um, Hell, I like U of A's to be the the the, the representative in group in the group of fives uh, in the group of five for the the New Year's Six this year, man. I, I like U of H to be this year's Cincinnati. Um, so I'm gonna ride with U of H here versus UTSA. Interesting, Bo. Who you got? 
I'm going to go with Houston, man. Uh, UTSA have a great team. Uh, like he, uh, I'm picking back off what he said. Uh, they had a great season last year. But with Houston coming off of that conference win and, you know, like, like they got that chip on their shoulder that they have to prove that have to prove themselves. So I'm going to go. I'm going to roll with Houston with this one. I'm going against the grain, boys. Hometown kid, got to go with the hometown team. The UTSA Roadrunners are doing something special in San Antonio. It must be all the breakfast tacos that they're eating at team breakfast, right? <laughs> I'm going with the four-year starting quarterback, UTSA Roadrunners, upsetting the in-state rival, Houston Cougars. Dagan, who you got, man? Uh, I'm rolling with Houston, so congratulations, Trevor, on your win there. Um with all, all of us going Houston and you going UTSA, uh, I, do, I do like I do like Frank Harris at quarterback for the Roadrunners, but I'm with Clint. Uh, I'm I'm rolling with Houston to get out of the group of five this year. I think they're uh, really good. Clayton Toon, Tank Dell, it's a, it's a duo to watch uh, all season long. Love it. Moving on, Arizona at San Diego State, a battle of the western part of the United States. Clint, thoughts on this one? I have none, but I'm going San Diego State, my man. I'm going San Diego State. <laughs> Hey, short, easy, to the point. Bo, who you got in this one? Um, I'm going to go with Arizona, man. Uh, I think Arizona is a better team. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm. that's all I have, man. I just think Arizona is a better team than San Diego. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to roll with uh, roll with Clint on this one. I'm going San Diego State. Got no confidence in Arizona. It's been, uh, been a roller coaster ride down there the past couple of years. Um, kind of lost down in, in Tucson, to be honest. Dagan, who you got in this one? First split of the night. I'm going Arizona. I like Jed Fish. I think he's doing a lot of good things at Arizona. Um, so there's a lot going on at San Diego State right now off the football field, so I think that could offer some distraction. I got I got Arizona. Jane Delora, Washington State transfer, bringing them, uh, bringing them back. Hey, to hell with Arizona! Didn't they fire? Didn't, didn't they fire our guy? Our guy Kevin. Summer, also true. Also our teammate. true. Also true. That is true. What the hell? Hell with Arizona. Sorry, I, I, I didn't really think of that. Now that you bring it up, my math change. Come on, Dagan, get it yeah, together, man. Listen, someone's my guy, so I don't know. We'll, we'll talk about that one later. All right, boys. Hey, we're we're running uh, we're running on time here, so let's roll through the rest of these, okay? Number thirteen, NC State at East Carolina, Clint. NC State all day, every day, man. They, they got one of the best quarterbacks in the country this year. I'm anxious to see him play. Didn't get to see him play much last year. Uh, I like NC State, man. I, I like them to actually uh, climb up from that number 13 overall ranking preseason uh, to climb the charts a little bit here early in the season. Like it, both. I'm going to have to go against Clinks with this one. I'm going to go with NC State. Easy, Bo. Easy. <laughs> I'm rolling with NC State as well. Dagan, who you got? NC State, easy. Clint covered it. One of the best quarterbacks in the country. Next. Across the board. Hey, not next one here. Not a uh, top 25 matchup, but I think this one's got some interesting storylines to it. North Carolina at Appalachian State. Clint, who you got? Huh. I'm going to App State with this one, my man. I'm going to App State. I don't know a whole hell of a lot about them, if I'm being completely honest. Once again, uh, but I know North Carolina is is uh, their their young quarterback last year uh, statistically looked pretty good, but but I it, I think he got in a little bit of trouble on several different occasions. Uh, App State is not a not an easy place to play. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna ride with the underdog here, App State, baby. Love it, Bo. Who you got? I'm uh, I'm gonna have to go with North Carolina. I think North Carolina is a better team, uh, and I can see them going in and taking over. Okay. 
I'm going App State myself. Uh, a lot of the same reasons. I, I think tough place to play. They've built a pretty cool program. Yeah, they beat Michigan 150 years ago, but I'm still riding on that. Appalachian <laughs> State's taking this one. Dagan, who you got? Uh, I also got App State. I like I like that North Carolina's going on the road to go going to Boone, uh, going to Little Brother. Um, but I think App State comes out on top. Chase Bryce is good. Two running backs, Cameron Peoples, Nate Noel. Watch out for them in the game as well. Love it. Memphis goes on the road to my least favorite place in the entire world, Stark, Missis Starkville, Mississippi. Smells like cow poop, and you got the freaking cowbells everywhere. It's horrible, man. I hate that place. Memphis and Mississippi State. I hate you guys. I'm riding with Mississippi State, man. I, I like uh, – I, I, obviously, it's, it's tough to ever bet against – uh, the mad pirate, if you will, uh, Mike Leach, but because um, you never know what you're going to get. They're going to beat teams that they shouldn't beat, and they're going to lose the teams that they shouldn't lose to. Uh, but I, I don't believe this is one of them. I believe, I believe Will Rod, I love their quarterback, absolutely love their quarterback in Mike Leach's system. He's going to light the world on fire again statistically. Um, I like Mississippi State over Memphis. Bo, who you got? I'm going to have to go with Mississippi State. Uh, have a great quarterback, like Clint said. And um, I just think that um, they owe Memphis from a couple of years ago, and um, and I still think that they hold that chip on their shoulder. Uh, well, not a chip. I still think they hold that grudge against them with that. And um, also that um, is is at Mississippi State, and I don't think that Memphis can handle the Cowboys. <laughs> uh, agreed. Hey, Mississippi State's a lot harder place to play than you think. It's not a huge stadium. They don't pack it in, but the cowbells, the smell. They got some big dudes over there as well. I don't think Memphis is cut out for it. I got Mississippi State in this one. Dagan, who we got? Mississippi State State as well. Love Will Rogers. And I'll give you a little a little betting play here. I'm not a betting guy. You shouldn't really listen to me, but I, I'm confident in this one. Over 56 and a half. I think there's a ton of points scoring this game. Mississippi State may hit 56 themselves, if I'm being honest. Love so it. I don't like that as well. Thank you, Bet Rivers, for boy, uh, for that's all sexy. That's sexy right there, Dagan. Lying <laughs> ass, talking about I ain't a betting man. Lying so dumb. <laughs> hey, hey. I, I, mean, I, I, may, I, may, I may have to, you know, work a little bit in there for, you know, I don't know. Hey, Robin Jeff may have to give me a raise. So. <laughs> Hook me up with Bet Rivers, baby. Yeah, Let's man. ride. Hey, well, I'll get, uh, there you go. Mississippi State, you'll be your first bet over 56 and a half. That should be it. This just in, boys. Uh, Purdue with a pick six to go up 31-28 over Penn State. Eight minutes, 30 seconds to play. Hope everybody's watching that one uh, right after we wrap up our show here. But let's keep rolling, guys. Number 23, Cincinnati at Call the Hogs, baby. Number 19, they should take away the nine in Clint's eyes. Arkansas Razorbacks. Clint, I don't even have to ask you on this one, but Clint, who you got? Man, I, I like Arkansas, man. I, I mean, I, I think – and this is more about Cincinnati to me than it is Arkansas. I'm not real sure uh, about my hogs. They've got to replace a couple of big-time X-Factor players to be, before I just completely dive in over my head. But but Cincinnati, we talked about reload versus rebuild earlier. Cincinnati's not a team that reloads. They lost seven players off their defense and not just players. One of them was a corner that uh, – a top five drafted corner this year, Sauce Gardner. We all know what a, a good uh, – I mean, a top five drafted corner in, in, in college football can do for your defense in terms of what it allows you to do schematically. Um, losing that guy is critical. Losing seven guys is critical. And then they lost three X-factor players on offense. Desmond Ritter is the most pro-ready quarterback that came out this year. I don't give a damn what everybody's talking about. Kenny Pickett, Desmond Ritter is the most pro-ready quarterback in in, uh, in this last year's draft. 
Um, they're not a re they're not a reload program, Trevor. This is a rebuild program. I think Arkansas is too much for them. Bo, what do you think? I'm gonna go with Arkansas. I don't see that uh, Cincinnati standing the chances from all the players that they have lost, and um, and I'm, I'm I have to roll with the SEC team. I agreed there. I oh, oh, I like <laughs> I it, baby. I, I hate doing this. I hate doing this. <laughs> Come on, Trev. But I gotta roll with Arkansas. But, you know. More firepower. I, I think um, Cincinnati's going to be a good team. Um, I, I really like the program and the culture that they built there. But going on the road up there in Northwest Arkansas, man, that calling the hog. I mean, oh, it makes me want to like, cringe. I want to I hate it. But going with Arkansas on this one, Dagan, who you got? We're all in agreement. I got Arkansas. I don't know if uh, we can trust Ben Bryant, the uh, Eastern Michigan transfer quarterback, just yet for Cincinnati. Uh, the, the MAC competition versus Arkansas is a little bit different, so it'll be an interesting first game for him. Love it. All right, this one's a fun one. Clemson and Georgia Tech. All right, two very, very different programs, uh, but kind of right down the road from each other. Clemson, obviously, high hopes, get back on track, getting the national championship conversation, starting off at number four in the country. Clint, who you got in this one? Pretty easy pick, maybe across the board, but let's hear your thoughts. Yeah, man, I'm riding with Clemson. I, I think Clemson has taken a lot of abuse for a team that, yeah, they slipped because they 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 were on the same level with Alabama there for a couple of years, and 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 they slipped a little bit and lost a couple of ball games. But hell, people were talking about them like they like they just fell off the face of the earth, like LSU did with Orgeron. That's not the case. Um, they'll figure out their quarterback situation uh, one way or another. Dabo Sweeney will have them boys back on track. Uh, I, I like Clemson in this game big time. Bo, who you got, man? I'm going to have to go with Clemson. Um, Sweeney, I think he had a team ready. Uh, last year wasn't a great season for him, but I think that they learned from all their mistakes and, and he saw what, what they were. And, um, like, also, I don't think that uh, Georgia can stand a um, chance with him. Yep, agreed. I'm going with Clemson. Dagan, who you got? Clemson. I'm keeping it short and simple. Clemson, let's Perfect. Keep it moving. All right, this one's a, this one's a fun one. Uh, a rebuilt or rebuilding, I guess you could say, Florida State team that's got more hype in the recent years than maybe we've heard about, right? Um, going on the road to Baton Rouge. No, it's a it's a neutral site game, isn't it? Yes, it's a, it's a Superdome. Yeah. Superdome. There we go. Superdome game, so neutral site game. Taking on the LSU Tigers, who, again, trying to rebuild, new head coach, all these different things. Two huge logos in college football coming head to head, both unranked, which you don't see a lot out of these two schools very often. Uh, Clint, we'll start with you. What What do you think here, man? New Orleans ain't no damn neutral site, Trev. <laughs> I know what you mean, baby, but that ain't no neutral site. Them, them damn Bayou Bengals, they're going to be in that thing now. Um, yeah, look, I, I mean, I, I like Florida State in this game. I think Mike Norvell will right the ship and, and really – uh, I, I I don't I don't think I think it's going to take a few years for Brian Kelly to, to for for his personality his mentality his you know whatever you want to call it to rebound from where Orgeron let this let that program slip to and, and I'll be honest with you man I I think Mike Norvell's I think this boils down to Mike Norvell's got a quarterback LSU don't I mean I I don't know what the hell they're going to do at quarterback I know they got a couple dudes that can play um, but but I I don't I don't know I'm, I'm gonna go I'm gonna ride Florida State on this one. All right, Bo. I'm gonna have to roll with LSU. You know, SEC team, and I, uh, I think Brian Kelly gonna do something over there. And um, yeah, I just think they're a better team than Florida State right now. 
Love it. I'm going with the LSU Tigers as well. Um, I think just culturally they, they win on this one. You, you, could, you could slice it and dice it a bunch of different ways, but culturally uh, I think LSU wins this football game to start out the year. Dagan, who you got? I got LSU. Uh, I, I just don't think Florida State has enough. I think LSU's got way more talent. I know they don't have a quarterback at the moment. Clint, I see you over there. Congratulations on your win. Hey, boys. <laughs> but, um, hey, boys, I, I drink Coors Light right here. I'm a Miller guy. <laughs> When, when, uh, when same family, different, different Jersey, but, uh, <laughs> right here, I drink Coors Light when Florida State whoops that ass. I, I, I take me 312 packs. Thank you. Sounds good. Uh, but yeah, I got, I got LSU straight to the door. I got LSU. I think they got more talent than, than Florida State right now. Even if they don't have a quarterback, I think the two guys that they're going to put under or whoever it may be that they put under center is, is better than what Florida State's got. Um, so I'm going LSU. Love it. Well, guys, we already covered these three, but. Uh, the, the heavyweight matchups of the week. Since Dagan is on, let's recap it real quick. Number seven, Utah at Florida. Clint, uh, kind of just relet our, our listeners know what uh, who you picked. Athletes versus culture, baby. I'm gonna take uh, I'm gonna take the athletes in the swamp at 6 p.m. at night. I'll take the Florida Gators all day. Bo, I'm gonna go with the Florida Gators, man. Anthony Richardson and. Uh... And I think that Billy Navy is going to get the job done. I think he, that he has his guys in the right head, that they, um, heads are in the um, right space. Kyle Whittingham, Utah Utes, go on the road and defeat the Florida Gators in the swamp. That's my headline. I'm going with Utah. Dagan. I got Utah as well. George Whitfield has, has tagged them as the biker gang. Uh, I, I, I mean, we'll see what they do. They're going to come in. They're going to play Florida hard. I, I agree with Clinton Bow. It's a tough place to play, but – I think this is the year the Utes kind of kind of shine through, and then I mean they got a lot on the line, right? They lose this game, this is kind of kind of it for for their college football playoff hopes. So they kind of need to win this one. It's kind of weird to say week one matchup, but uh, I'm rolling with the Utes. Oregon and Georgia covered this one a lot. Clint, recap here. I like Georgia, man. I, I'm I'm not sure that Georgia is is a reload program. I'm not sure what they're going to do with losing all the power that they had on defense, the caliber players, not just the draft the draft picks, the draft status of those players. Um, it's going to be interesting to watch that team, uh, you know, how it unfolds this year. But I, I, I don't think Oregon, if Bo Nix can transfer out there and be the starting quarterback, that's who I think it's going to be, then, then I question the, the, the depth of your program. And I, I just – I don't believe in Bo Nix. I don't believe in Oregon being a number 11 team in the country. I believe Georgia takes this one handily. I, I, I'll lay the points. Bo, who you got, man? I'm going to go with Georgia, man. Physicality, defense, uh, Kirby Smart, one of the guys uh, pursuing to the ball, trying to close the pocket. Um, and also Benny being confident in himself coming out that national championship game. So, I, and, and I don't think that Oregon can um, play all four quarter with um, Georgia. So uh, I'm going to go with Georgia. I'm with Georgia as well, guys. And in excess of the 17-point spread, I think it's going to be a, a slaughter. Dagan, who you got, man? I got Georgia winning the game. But – I like I like Oregon to cover. All right. I, I think right, Dan we'll Landing. I think Dan Landing is gonna gonna you know keep it close against his old team, and uh, I don't know. I like it. We'll see. Throw your throw your piggy bank on that one. Again, Last again, I'm no I'm no betting advisor, so don't listen too much to what I got to say. <laughs> Dude, I don't want to be losing people money. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, hey, pull the curtain back, Dagan. Shit, I mean, what, what's wrong? With me? Are you in trouble at home or something? Hey, no, Dagan, no, if no, you no, got no. a problem, man, c- no, call no, the hotline. That's right. Call no, no, hotline. We're good. We're good. I like the Oregon cover, but again, damn. Be careful. Be All careful. Right, boys, last one. <laughs> number five, Notre Dame at number two, Ohio State. Clint, who you got? O-H. Hi. Oh, you know who it is. Ohio State, baby. No, All day, every day. Love it. Bo, who you got? 
I'm going to go with Ohio State, man. Like I mentioned before, they got um, great receivers just really fast that can get behind the defense that stays the scenes behind the defense for some reason. And I don't think that Notre Dame um, defense can hold up. I agree with you guys. I'm going with Ohio State. Too much firepower. Dagan, who you got? Uh, I'm also going with Ohio State. This one pains me as a Notre Dame fan. I have to pick Ohio State. You know, I got I got to think of my head, not my heart. Um, so I'm going Ohio State. Their, their offense is too much. And I mean, well, I don't want to spoil. I don't want to spoil too much, but I may have them going pretty far this postseason. So we'll just leave it. Well, at that. may the odds forever be in each of your favor, guys. On behalf of myself, Bo Scarbo, Clint Sterner, Dagan Hughes, and of course our trusted and loved partner in Bet River Sportsbook. This has been another night in the Week One preview of the Field of Twelve after dark. Grab a cold one, kick your feet up this weekend. I hope you got no plans because it's going to be a fun weekend of college football. We'll see you on the next show. Thanks for joining us.